Now I'm going to have that song in my head. <laughs> we're, we're recording. <laughs> hey. Hey. Welcome <laughs> to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Divine Knowing of Love in All, with modern-day modern mystic Mary Reed. Welcome again to Awake to Oneness Radio, Mary. Hey, hey, hey I'm hey. good, Caroline. I think this is our fourth interview, maybe. Yeah, well, actually, I think it's our third, and then we did, we had the, um, you came here to the Poconos. And so, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've been hanging out for a while now. Yeah, we're good friends. We're buddies. (laughs) Buddies in oneness. Yes. Now, of course, I'm familiar with your work, and I know, but maybe some of the listeners, because I get different listeners every show, so maybe some listeners are not familiar, so maybe let's kind of catch them up. Can you share your journey with our listeners? Yeah, you know, uh, that's such a funny question that I didn't anticipate because I haven't in a while reintroduced myself to new people. So thank you for that opportunity. Um, you know, I this was all a big surprise to me. Uh, I have no background in spirituality. I've never been a seeker. I didn't grow up with a lot of questions. I've never read the Bible. I'm not a doctrinal studied person at all. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't even know what the term agnostic meant because it just wasn't, it just, there was no need for me to even think about that kind of stuff. I was just your ordinary person who just wanted to do um, good and interesting things in the world to help other people. I wanted to be kind and compassionate and I just grew up with that. And I, you know, when I was a kid, my idea of like what I wanted to do when I grew up was to do something cool, like be a backup dancer for Michael Jackson or an opera singer or something like that. So uh, I wasn't actually that cool. So I grew up to be um, an executive in healthcare programs, in clinical research and then in uh, the nonprofit field in healthcare. And, uh, and I was based in Washington, D.C. So for 17 years, I had a very successful life in doing that. And uh, in the summer of 2000, while I was very successful in that world, I began to hear a voice. And that voice told me that I was supposed to be doing something very important. Mm-hmm. And that, that voice just kept getting more persistent and more pronounced. And after about six months of that, finally there was a series of events that kind of just blew open the, the floodgates to my mystical abilities. And I began to have these direct engagements with, it started with Jesus in the body of Jesus at the moment of crucifixion. And then meetings with God-like beings about the conflict nature of our world. And then eventually into the mind of Buddha at his first moment of enlightenment. And because I have no um, spiritual background, my experiences are very foundational in nature. So they go right to the origins of divine events or divine truth. So the origins of Christianity through the the being of Christ, through the body of Jesus, the origins of, of Buddhism through the mind of Buddha, the origins of existence through the God source itself, these very foundational things. And so this has just been going on now. This is the 18th year of this stuff. Wow. And uh, when it all started, it just sort of tipped my world magnificently upside down, um, especially because I lived in Washington, D.C., and it was sort of hard to apply what was happening and learning. So I struggled for a long Long time um, and finally in my 11th year of really trying to balance my two very discordant worlds right. uh, everything in the normal world just kind of fell apart and this spiritual peace was pushing much higher and harder with me and it ended up in a very serious suicide attempt because I couldn't get any help holding all of the scale of Uh, wisdom and confusion at the same time and it was an unsuccessful attempt and after that I finally just surrendered and I just said whatever's gonna 
whatever I'm supposed to do, somebody else has to lead me. I can't be the project manager for my life. And it was that ultimate surrender then that just opened the doors to this miraculous path of spiritual journeying as a mystic. I finally accepted that I have these abilities and this is Mm -hmm. part and parcel of who I am and what's going to happen in my life. And immediately within six months of that um, suicide attempt, there was a series of things that eventually led me to India, to living in a Buddhist nunnery at the foothills of the Himalayas. And ever since then, I've just led sort of a monastic life. And um, so India is mostly my home. I don't have a home anywhere in the world. And starting in 2014, I began to speak publicly about these mystical experiences and start sharing the, the wisdom and the truth that I glean. So I've been coming out mostly during monsoon season in India. I leave and come to the States. And I just started sharing my experiences about what happened and then the wisdom that I glean from those perspectives. And more and more, um, as my experiences and my abilities have deepened, I've been able to sort of put all of that in the context of what's happening in our world today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's such an exciting time because I can see all of the truth of what's going on. And it's so magnificent on every level, not just from the human level, but from the divine level. There's a lot of celebrating going on about what's happening, awesome. particularly at this point in our world. Uh, you know, we're at such an exciting precipice standing here coming out of this ideology and mindset of inadequacy um, in a separation consciousness and coming right into the realization of our true power in a unitive consciousness, in that consciousness of oneness. And so this is where I'm at. And this year on my tour, that's exactly what I'm talking with people about. I'm literally taking people through the entire course of humanity's evolution, how, where we started with the origins of existence okay. and uh, how we got to where we are and now where we're going. And I just, just a few weeks ago had the big metaphysical event to show, you know, coming into now this unitive being that we are. So that's the background and where I'm at. Awesome. Thank you. It sounds so wonderful because unity oneness that's just for me it's it honestly for me it's that simple understanding that we are literally just one there's everything is god there's nothing outside of god and and every person every being every animal every rock every ant is a part of you and and knowing that in your heart and, and it's a, for me it's a knowing and, yes. and to, to remind myself of it even no matter what the craziness is going on in my life i i kind of just i'm now to the point where i'm just i'm just relying and standing firmly on the ground of knowing who mm-hmm. i am in this now moment not trying to plan ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. I do have, I, I have, you know, I'm writing my, my first book. Um, actually, I was told in spirit, to, from spirit, two years ago, my son told me, mom, you have a book in you. And at that time, I'm not, right, I'm not ready to write a book. But now I am. Now it's, it's actually, as I'm writing, it's just flowing. It's just coming. Good. And That's how you know you're in the flow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so I know, so I know that, I'm supposed to be working on my book, working on my show. Also, I have the Kyle Foundation, which is the, has the same mission as the show, to inspire the world to awaken to oneness. And so these three things I know, that's what I'm supposed to be focused on. And I don't let anything now distract me. Like when you were Good. on the fence, you know, back in the days when you were on the fence working in the corporate world and still getting these, you know, I've been there. I've been on that fence now I'm off the fence. I'm like, no, you know what? I know exactly my purpose, and that's what I'm going to focus on. And I know just by following my purpose, it's going to lead me to the next step and the next step and the next step. Sure, yeah. So. Because we're, we're essentially, uh, essentially allowing oneness to express itself, and however that wants to happen through us. And, you know, you've, you've hit on something important, and that is living in the knowing versus living in the belief. And coming out of a separation consciousness, that's a very difficult thing for our minds yes. to wrap around because – 
in our consciousness of inadequacy, like we have this little idea that we're just these little small things. We're kind of, humanity itself is quite overwhelmed with the prospect of all that has to be integrated in, an, in oneness, like all of it. And uh, the, the mindset of inadequacy makes us have a culture of doing, that we have to do, 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 in order to achieve overcoming our um, dysfunctions or um, inadequate stuff. And oneness, the whole coming into the unitive consciousness, is about being and not doing. But in order to do that, we have to not live a belief, but live a knowing. There's a complete difference in that, that way of life. And it's all wrapped around um, really knowing what we are, what, we, what all of us are as one, and not just believing that. But it's difficult it's difficult to come out of because we've always learned um, through a, through a belief, right? We're conditioned through beliefs. That's how, that's how the separation consciousness has worked through the mental constructs of belief, which is very different than the being as. Yes. And it's so important what you just said, the doing, the the doing versus the being, because Mm -hmm. yes, we are, even people in the, you know, doing the work that we're doing, a lot of times they're focused on, I got to do this, got to do that, do, 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 and not, you know, take a breath and be, and be in the now, because in the now is where the magic, the now is your point of power, and just be here, be still, be in the now, allow your higher self to speak to you. And when your mind is racing and your mind is racing on the do, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do that. You're not quieting your mind enough to listen to your higher self saying, okay, then you'll get the inspiration. For me, it's always an inspiration on um, mm-hmm. what, what the next step to take. So mm-hmm. I try every day, not try now, every day, I start my day with meditation, quieting my mind. And I allow, before I write, okay, what am I going to do today? I allow my higher self to direct my steps and know that it's not about how much I do in the day. It's about how am I being, am I being loving in that moment? Like, and for me, and I have to say, honestly, this has always been a part of my character, my nature. A person, like I, I, I've been working from home for over 20 years. And if a person calls, a friend calls, just wants to talk to me and I'm in the middle of a busy work day, I'll stop what I'm doing to listen and, you know, have be an ear to listen and a shoulder to lean on for that person. To me, that's always been more important to be there for a person has always been more important than whatever I'm doing no matter how much work is on my desk. And Mm -hmm. and I have to honestly say I've naturally been like that since birth. Mm -hmm. But now I know. (laughs) See, I was that way before I knew to be that way. Mm -hmm. Now I know people are more important than what I'm doing. So it's Mm -hmm. me being loving and kind in every now moment. And then just knowing that that now moment, there is perfection in every now moment when you look for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you recognize it, you know, I, I like to tell people about this idea of the power of meditation and that stillness. You can imagine, you know, uh, completely still water and there's drops of wisdom dropped in that still water. The purity of the ripples that can go out in that still water is not only the ability to sort of recognize the purity of that wisdom but also all that's affected in those ripples all the water that's so if you think about the state of oneness Mm -hmm. all that comes out from us and through us uh, is is pure in its state but if you're in a if you're in a state of sort of choppy waters you drop wisdom into that you there's nothing rippling anywhere and you can't recognize the purity or depth of that wisdom so there's such power not only for us but for others and the world around us in having that, you know, process of getting into that still state and letting things come into us and then ripple out through us. Yes. 
so so true and then also i saw the other day like right now it just finished raining here I told you we have this rain off and on rain but it was raining just the other day i think two days ago and the sun was shining so i think we've all experienced rain and sunshine and i said my mind just said that's life mm, a, a yeah. sun shower i like that yeah yeah is like mm, a sun yeah, shower that's nice a sun shower yeah mm -hmm. I, I, yeah we've all experienced a sun shower where it's raining but the sun it's like where is the rain coming from it's sunny outside it's yes life is a sun shower so mm -hmm. in every now moment so we can focus on the rain or we can focus on the sun in every now moment either one is beautiful yeah i'm in, I'm in uh, california right now we could use some rain Okay, <laughs> well, I would love to sing you it because we have had <laughs> rain after rain after rain and then and I'm in the mm. Poconos and we're not used to that much rain in the summer. You know, spring. Oh. Yeah, but we don't usually get this much rain in the summer. So I'll love to send it to you. But yeah, yeah exactly what you said is right. Because whether you focus, Wherever a person's at, whether they're focusing on the rain or whether they're focusing on the sun, they're exactly where they're supposed to be. They're perfect in every now moment. And that is so true. That's why I love the yin-yang symbol. The dark, the black and the white are equal. And in, in all that is, the oneness of God, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't play favorites. He loves the dark just as much as he loves the light. It's all one. It's all mm -hmm. equal. You know, I can, I can uh, just mention here, when we talk about God as a separate he or she, yeah. that's actually disconnecting us from oneness, right? I, so we can I just, I mean, it's not, I do this too, talking about our higher selves or whatever. It's, there's, we, our natural language is part of this separation consciousness, even though we know, uh, obviously it's not, the way that we speak it, we're just used to this sort of thing. It's so fascinating. And I, I'm aware of this in developing my talk for, mm -hmm. for my tour, like being sure to convey things in a oneness context because oneness itself will hear that in a remembered kind of way. Um, it's really hard to get out of this this conditioned way of separation talking, isn't it? It yes, really it is. is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I love. I like to refer to God as all that is. Yeah. All that is. Yeah. That's my. That's how I like to refer to God. But all I that, that I am. All that is. Yes. This consciousness. Yes. This consciousness that we are sharing, and yes. I don't. I think last time that we spoke, I think that I shared with you. Um, how I, I help audiences understand viscerally the experience of oneness that we're in. Do you mind if we revisit that? Of course, yes, um, please. I think, it, I think it was you that we did it, but maybe not. You can, maybe you'll remember. Um, so, uh, I, first of all, I have an exercise that I use to take people in sort of a meditative state to feel viscerally the experience of oneness. But even without doing that, okay. if we just take a moment to reframe how we're experiencing things, we can realize how we are at one or in oneness with the world, that the world only exists in a oneness experience. And so I do this by uh, saying, for example, in this situation, where do you think you see me? Where do you think you experience me? Do you remember this? I think we've done this I don't, before. I don't recall it, but... Okay, maybe I've dreamed it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I can ask you where you see me. And of course, in a separation consciousness, you would think, well, I, of course, I see you through this computer screen. I would experience you if we were in person, you would experience me over there. Right. But in fact, there's nowhere that you're experiencing me except inside of you in a oneness kind of way because you're in a you're taking in these reflections of light um, and there's something bringing it into your awareness and you're interpreting it through these patterns within your body and then it's coming out with some agreed upon data that says okay it's uh, this distance and this sound and this look and um, whatever but all of that only happened inside of you if you were to close your eyes and i stop talking then you have no experience of me because there's nothing bringing you into a oneness state except in memory but then where's that memory yes 
only inside of you. And if you, if you keep your eyes closed and I continue talking, then all that's happening is you're hearing me. But where are you hearing me? You're only hearing me inside of you. There's nothing going on outside of you. It's all a oneness experience. If I were to, if we were in person and I was, you know, a distance away from you, but I walked over and put my cold hands on your arm, the sensations that you feel are coming from the sensations on your own skin. You can't experience my cold hands if you're not at one with the, that um, perception, right? Yeah. So if you bite into a carrot, the taste of the carrot is coming from inside of you. It's not coming from inside the carrot. You can't taste a carrot that's in the ground because there's nothing bringing you into a oneness experience with the carrot. This is what our perceptive mechanisms do. They bring us into a oneness experience. If I tell you that yesterday I saw a terrible car crash, uh, you may immediately have some empathy for the car crash victims, but you didn't have that empathy until you had an internal awareness of something that required an empathetic response. So there's nothing happening except inside of you. There's, it can't be. It's all an at-one oneness experience, and it's all happening the same way with all of us. And so when you understand that this is all just going on within me, and then we look around at what's happening in our world or that we're struggling to, to cope with, and we see other people's hatred or anger or pain, where are we experiencing that? We're only experiencing that inside of ourselves. So where is the only place that we can process other people's hatred and pain and anger, etc.? only inside of us and then where's the only place from which we can react to that in a healing manner mm -hmm. only inside of us so no matter what is happening in the entire world the only place that we can address it is within ourselves it can't be any other way and the you know from a metaphysical standpoint the, um, I refer to it as entanglements. The only way to sort of dissolve the tangles of conflict energy or whatever is realizing the impact of our individual um, willingness to do this. Because as soon as we do, we begin to unravel those tangles within ourselves in the field of oneness. And then we become that radiance of love and light in other people's field. That's what they then perceive within their own field. So it's all, it's, you know, uh, it's easy for me to say because I, you know, I sort of live this, but yeah. it's really very much about shifting our perception from this separation out there and in here to all of it going on in here, yes. really living that um, understanding very clearly. Yes. And in truth, what you just said is scientifically proven. I've yes, seen, exactly. I've seen a video on YouTube that explained that I love your cup. You still have that cup. <laughs> I travel everywhere with my cup of love. <laughs> well, so, thankfully, it hasn't gotten broken. I mean, I know. <laughs> but uh, um, no, what you just explained, and I love you explained it so beautifully. But I, I have seen a, I have seen a scientific documentary film on YouTube explaining exactly what you just explained, that science has proven that everything happens inside of us. It's not, nothing is outside of us. It's all within us. You know, you can imagine it like, um, you know, we know that we live in a dynamic energy-driven world. Quantum physics tells us this, spiritual teachings tell us this. So you can imagine that we are inside of a kaleidoscope. You know, all of the patterns moving together. There's no single pattern that moves outside of the kaleidoscope. Everything's interdependent and moving. Our whole world is like this. So then you think about when you're, you know, moving with intention in your patterns, how you are affecting everything else and experiencing everything else within this same kaleidoscope. It can't be any other. We are this kaleidoscopic experience yes. of oneness. Yes, we are. That's so it's very clear in my head, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, you explained it so beautifully. And like I said, for me, and I think you know this, for me, what woke me up, like I studied spirituality, metaphysics, off and on for over 30 years. But what hmm. woke me up in 2007 was a, a documentary on quantum physics, What the Bleak. And oh, yes. Right, right, yeah, right. There was one sentence that um, Lynn McTaggart said, 
the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, something woke up inside of me. Like, yeah. We, it just, it, like I said, and I try to always, I always say, my listeners know, I always say, I try to keep it simple. Really just think that the person that you're having a disagreement with, when you're looking at that person, that person is not separate from you. That person is an, an integral part of you. And if you're having a, a disagreement with another person, you're really having a dif- disagreement within yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where you heal it. And I always say, two people can't fight. I mean, I mean, it takes two. I said that wrong. It takes two to have an argument or to fight. I mean, if someone's very upset and yelling and screaming at you, you don't have to engage that same energy. Like you said, everything is energy. And if they're coming at you with this kind of energy, you don't have to engage with that same kind of energy. That's not going to... Only thing that's going to calm that energy is love. Well, uh, I, I walk people through the mechanisms of creation. What's the cycle of creation? We've all heard that thoughts create our reality, but how? So I, I can walk people through the mechanisms of that. And uh, I tell people without going into great detail about it, essentially the fundamental mechanism, if you can think about the individual units of a kaleidoscope, has two components. There's an internal uh, circle. You can think about this like an electron and proton if you want to go way down, but it's even smaller than that. At the most fundamental level of vibration within energy, mm-hmm. there's two components to the cycle of creation. The first is there's an internal pattern a circle uh, that's got like it, it looks like elliptical patterns mm-hmm. you can think of, and it's rotating counterclockwise you can okay. think of it like a pinwheel rotating okay. counterclockwise around that uh, rotating in the opposite direction are these other patterns that are reflective and there's different rows of them you can think of it like mirrors rotating okay. around okay what's rotating at the center is the focus of our awareness Where our awareness is focused. We are pure awareness. Wherever we're focused in our awareness has an energetic signature, a pattern. That's rotating in one direction. Our intention is the other pattern against which it is rotating. So the engagement of these two things energize into reflection a manifest reality that we can then perceive because we are awareness. And when we perceive that, we experience more of ourselves and our potential. This is how we first began in our explorations. When we perceive ourselves, we have a reaction to it. And that reaction becomes the next focus of our awareness, which then creates the cycle again. So the whole movement of life is this cycle. We focus our awareness and intention that energizes a manifest reality that we perceive, we experience, we react, and then continue the cycle again. So reaction Mm -hmm. is the very place where we break the cycle of conflict. You just said, one person may be doing blah, 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 but if we don't react with that same energy, we don't we don't create that cycle again. Exactly. This is how it works. And it's a, it's a very simple process when we can sort of break it down into uh, that level. And I'll tell you uh, something that a lot of people find very helpful. And it has to do with this energy of conflict between people and the, and the power of our own responsibility and willingness with this. Let's say that you and I have a conflict <clears throat> and you did something to me because obviously I wouldn't do something to you. So, <clears throat> so you did something really awful and now we have a conflict energy between us. <clears throat> what conflict energy looks like uh, in a metaphysical, at a metaphysical level, it looks like a tangled thread, a knotted up thread. And we in our conflict states have just wrapped it around each other. And as we're pushing and pulling, we're walking around in our conflict energies of blame and and victimhood and anger and all of this stuff, resentment. And as we do that, we're just pushing and pulling and knotting it up even further. And I'm on my end of the world taking subsidiary threads and I'm wrapping it around this conflict energy, around other people as well, everybody that I'm telling how bad you've been. Mm 
And I'm just nodding and I'm like, oh, you would not believe what Caroline did. Even if I'm just thinking about it in their presence, I'm taking that subsidiary thread and wrapping it around. You're on your end doing the exact same thing. Oh, that holy woman, Mary, she thinks she's blah, blah. And you're like doing like this. And now we are all really knotted up in these tangled energies of conflict. We're just like this. From a planetary perspective, this is what humanity has looked like. We've all been very knotted up in these tangles of conflict energy. Think about it like yeah. the kaleidoscope has all of these tangles in the intersections. They can't flow. They can't vibrate, right? This is what humanity has been like. And so in this conflict situation, in this example, if I, in this situation, regardless of what happened, if I take the time to just go within myself, and I go deep into ownership of all of the ways that I have perceived this, my behavior, what I've thought about it, et cetera. And I get to that place of pure acceptance and forgiveness of myself for the way that I have perceived this outside of love. As soon as I get to that point of pure forgiveness of me, what happens to that thread, to all of those knots just begin to open up and dissolve, and that thread begins to fall away, because now I have transmuted those knots into divine love, into that state of acceptance and um, unconditionality and equality and freedom and unity. And so all of it just opens up and the, the thread falls away, and now all of that energy is flowing. And as it's flowing from me now you have nothing to push and pull against with me so your into the thread begins to open up and drop away as well and it's also dropping away and opening up from all the people around you it's doing the same thing with all of the people around me as well and now we're all opening and flowing in this beautiful energy because i did my work so the power of the individual willingness and effort is profound and from a planetary perspective this is now what's been happening over the last hundred years or more as more and more and more of us have been doing our internal work getting into that beautiful place and opening up these channels to transmute these old conflict energies into open flowing love we have been rippling out into the collective and now humanity itself has opened up these channels where there's this flow of divine love beautifully flowing within the planet. And this is why over the last hundred years or more, we've been seeing the falling away of all of these things that were created in conflict, the expectations and roles and rules around gender and race and class and caste and et cetera, that have been falling away spectacularly all over the planet. And at the same time, all of the representation of the, the qualities of divine love have been showing up magnificently. More conversations and work and movements around unconditional love. More massive movements towards equality. More massive movements towards freedom to be who we are as we are. More movements towards oneness and unity. More movements towards acceptance of who we are in this present moment. And it's all because individuals have been doing that individual recognition and work within. It's profoundly powerful, our individual willingness and our efforts. That, that was so a long soapbox. No, I'm glad no, no. I could do that. But that was so, so, so true. And I'm so glad you brought up the point that so many people will think, oh, it's just little old me. What can I do? But you're so exactly right. We are so, we are divine aspects of God. We are so powerful, each one of us. We, I love Rumi's quote, and I must quote this a hundred times all the time. Um, you're not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop single drop that's yes right. you are god in a single drop all of god in a single drop and that's how powerful you are so like you said when you go within and do your inner work your inner un unconditional love for self unconditional forgiveness for self when you do that work it ripples throughout the entire universe so mm -hmm. you're so exactly right you know we live in a world in which we are constantly crying out for union with love we believe we're separate from love we're constantly crying out for love this was the whole basis of my 2016 tour right. and um i forgot what i was just going to say about oh and and uh the the only thing that we're crying out for is our divine nature is the thing that we already are and so we are in this time now of figuring out finally 
that we are becoming the answer to our own cries. In the old model of separation consciousness, we were talking about this a minute ago with the language of the back and forth, something outside of us, whatever. Right. It would be that we would ask for divine guidance from an entity that we think is outside of ourselves, Jesus or Buddha or angels or God or whatever. And that's the separation consciousness way of working it through, to have something giving us something that we then have to figure out in a mental framework how to fit it into our lives. And what's happening now is that we're beginning to realize that we're no longer that which is going to be given something. We are that which is given. We are that. We are becoming the answer to our own cries, realizing that putting our own state of being in the state of divine love that we are, remembering that we're already, everything within us is flowing unconditionally. Everything in us is already equal in its possibility to exist. Everything in us is already free to express what we are as we are. Everything in us is already unified. We, everything in us is already accepted. Yeah. You see, there's nothing. We're so overwhelmed with the idea of all of it when in fact, we already are this. Yes. So yes. All, that we're, all that we're coming into is the realization of that, yes. dropping away of all of the fears that keep us from realizing that power. Right. And then we stop being so inadequate, the believing that we're inadequate because we're anything but inadequate. Exactly. Exactly. It's a waking up to who we truly are. Waking up. Wake up. Yeah. Wake up. Because we're just all sleeping, you know, many of us. And, and I, I love the fact that um, I always say that those that are still very much asleep is okay because they're exactly where they're supposed to be. And, and there's no judgment because with the unconditional love comes unconditional uh, non-judgment. Because that is like, and I always use the, I use the analogy of a baby sleeping. You know, a baby sleeping, it doesn't know how to talk or walk yet. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be mad at a baby for not knowing how to walk or talk. Well, also, the people that are still in sort of this uh, unawakened consciousness, yes. uh, I tell people all the time, our work is not, you know, changing other people. It's, it's really loving what's here because we bring love in witness to everything. It's not our job to change that except to just be who we are. They will change in the time that it's theirs to change. We don't know. I don't know what you are here to explore. I have no idea. I, that's not me. That's your experience. You are this aspect of oneness. I don't know what you're here to explore. I don't know what you're here to teach or to learn or contribute, but I know you are love in the same way I am. So if your exploration is happening in this kind of unconscious, unawakened state, bless you. Bless you, because you're still in this learning. You're getting something from it, and so are we. And so... All my work is, all my responsibility is, all my um, honor is, is to simply be love in the presence of that. Yes. That's it. Yes. And, and bless you in whatever your experience is. I will love you no matter what. Yes. I already do. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. It's, it, our work is just to remember who we are and be that and be love. And not, and it's, we share it. We share our message. Like that's why I have the show to share our message. But we, it's not to beat somebody up over the head. It's like you gotta know. If, if, if but you know, we don't. We don't. When we're sharing our messages, we're coming into the awareness within other people's fields at a time that they have called us there. Exactly. Right. We're there because they've called that into their awareness. They've shown up at one of my talks or they've tuned into one of your shows right. because this is what oneness is like. This is the exploration moment here yeah. in this moment. I'm going to explore Caroline's show. I'm going to mm -hmm. explore Mary Reed's talk, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So I, this is why we share because yes. you're brought in for a reason. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and also to a lot of times when I first woke up, it's funny, I have to laugh, because when I first woke up to oneness in 2007, I felt like, I get it, now everybody I know has to get it, and if they don't, I'm like, what is wrong with it? how can you not get it, but then right. I had to, you know. It's a process, right, it's yeah. totally a process, because then we're like, then we have a tendency in our separation 
conditioned right. mind to yeah. blame others for the problems in the world. If they would just wake up, then we yeah. wouldn't have this issue without realizing what is it that the pain that's experienced through this sort of unawakened consciousness, what is it telling us? Mm -hmm. Where is it asking us to look or to explore or whatever? So if we just look at it as the opportunity, what is this here to show me or to tell me or to teach me? And then use it for myself. That's it. What others do is not my business. Mm -hmm. My work, my business is to love whatever's happening. Exactly. To be love in this moment. Exactly. And that's what, when something, when I'm in a moment that is not preferable, preferable, um, why do I have a hard, hard time with that word? If I'm in a moment that I, that I don't like, okay, I when I say a moment that is not my preference, there I go, uh, I do, I have to stop and ask myself, okay, I know what I'm experiencing is a reflection of me and it's happening for my highest good. I own it. I own what's happening in every now moment. And by owning it, then I ask that question, okay? And I don't always get the answer. I'm like, okay, I know this is happening for my highest good. Show me what's the good in it. And no, it, don't, it doesn't always come right away. Sometimes it might come the next day, a week later. Maybe it never comes. But I still own the, the moment, own the fact that I created it and I created it. For my highest good that's the knowing it's not a believing it's the knowing that i and that whatever i'm experiencing is just a reflection within me so there's something well and here again the way that you know in our cycle of creation reaction is an integral part of the creative process so our next creation yes. depends on our reaction to what has already been created so whatever this moment is our next creation depends on our reaction to this. So at the, at the very end of my talks, you know, I talk about using that, you know, understanding of the mechanism of creation. And I'm talking about creating the life we really want. And I mean, yes. like humanity's life, not a materialistic life, but the, the life that we've, humanity has always wanted. This is where we're at. Yes. And so I, I talk about the importance of recognizing how we're showing up to the moment in this moment. How am I showing up? Where is my awareness? What's the, what's the word? What's the truth of where my awareness is focused in this moment and my intention? Am I in alignment with my own divine nature in this moment? Am I showing up as love? Am I showing up in this unconditional, equal, free, unified, accepted state? Or am I showing up feeling inadequate? Am I showing up judging? Am I showing up in fear? Am I showing up in these ways that are causing myself pain? And if I cannot get to, to be in this moment where my word is in alignment with my nature, can my word at least be willing? I'm willing for the way to be revealed within me to see this in, in the divine sense. Mm -hmm. And it, it really makes a difference because it causes us to step back and we have this moment of, I am, I am here feeling inadequate. I am here as a consciousness of inadequacy right this moment. Mm -hmm. Is this what I want to be? There are other, you know, like we take ownership of where we are. We begin to claim ownership of our own life in this way. We're not a victim to it. This is our, whatever's happening is already here. It's already been created. Yes. My role is now the opportunity for creation of something anew using what's already here. Right. Yep. And that power, that, that point of creation is in that every now moment. Every now moment. moment. Right this moment. How am I showing up? Mm-hmm. So it's a powerful exercise because then we begin to be really honest with ourselves. Yes. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel loved. I don't feel capable. I am mad at other people. I am mad at my circumstances. I'm, I am um, scared that I'm not going to be able to, you know, whatever. Right, so whatever. owning that truth without indulging it, yes. right? There's the difference between embracing and indulging. Right. And so just honoring that this is true, but then what else is true in this moment? Yes. There is this and, and. what else? Yeah. Yes. And then to have the deeper truths be revealed within us, and it will be revealed. Yes. 
so, so, so true. Now you opened up your to today with saying that you've been seeing the wonderful things going on now and future. Can, can you share more of that? Yeah, it's entirely related to the integration now of our unitive consciousness. And it's all related to what we were talking about, recognizing the way we live in a separation consciousness language. Even in spirituality as we're trying to help each other. So, for example, this happened in a big metaphysical event, and it began with my own sense of inadequacy, recognizing and then it sort of blew up into humanities. Um, sense of inadequacy and the way that I I felt and experienced it was very much like buckets sitting on the sand in the beach mm-hmm. being overwhelmed with the prospect of having to incorporate the whole ocean okay we're just a bucket you know we're right. like overwhelmed with this the scale of all of this without realizing that we're already the vastness of oneness yes. right what's overwhelming us is yes. that belief that yes. we're not yes, yes. so I talk about um, you know, this, we're in this, entering into this unit of consciousness together, like yes. the community and mutual engagement and understanding the oneness of, of each, of all of us together is so important because the unit of consciousness we're processing together. We can't do it alone. And so this, this whole thing was unfolding in this. And I, there was this moment where I was seeing all of the ways that in current spirituality, and, and the ways that spirituality and religion has handled us has kept us in a separation mindset. And that part of it was like relying on something like Jesus or Buddha to give us something as in thinking that we don't already have it within us, right? Instead of realizing, and, and in that it's sort of like in the vastness of oneness, the Christ consciousness, the Buddha nature, the angelic light is a little like looking at the vastness of oneness through a particular lens. Yes. What we're coming into now is realizing the being of the vastness of oneness without the need for any lenses. Okay. The wisdom inherent in the Christ consciousness and Buddha nature and angelic light is already here in all of the oneness. And so we are coming into this time of beingness. But going back to the, this issue of the way that language and teachings kind of have kept us in a framework, a mental framework of having to figure it out. Right. Um, we, you know, a lot of teachers talk about the ascension of humanity from the third dimension to the fourth, to the fifth, to the sixth. Well, let's think about that for a second. Right. And this is, this is all of what I experienced. Let's say that we're, we're going to the fifth dimension. Well, we think that the fifth dimension inherently includes the first and the second and the third and the fourth, right? Right. But the third can't experience the fifth because it's not there. Right. Well, now think of the trillionth dimension. Okay. It includes all the dimensions up to the trillionth, but the third can't experience the trillionth. Right. 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 That canyon between the third dimensional mindset and the trillionth, that canyon is humanity's scale of the way it feels inadequate. That's how inadequate it feels, the overwhelmedness of that huge canyon. But in fact, that canyon is the scale of our capabilities. Okay. Right? And so we're not, we're trying to, previously we were trying to move into that canyon by doing something. Yes. We're not moving into that canyon. We are already that canyon. So we are moving within something by removing the belief that there's such a thing as a third dimension and a trillionth dimension. Okay. They're not separate. We're right. already in the canyon. Yes. So we're becoming the, the understanding that we're already the canyon. We're already all of those dimensions here, but we're integrating our understanding of it in a manageable kind of way, yes. in a way that this vessel can manage, in the way that our resources can manage, in the way that our, the application of it in our world can be managed. But we, we have to manage it in a unitive way because it is part of a unitive consciousness. But that means taking ownership of the way of the language that we're yes. using, the way that we're, you know, putting ourselves in these inadequate positions, thinking that we have to achieve to overcome our um, inadequacies by doing. That's mm-hmm. not true. It's simply not true. And so working out of getting out of that mental framework of doing and achieving and working 
and coming into the understanding, the realization, we're already the trillionth dimension. We're already all of that. We don't need to be kept down by any beliefs about the separation between us and God, separation between third dimension and fifth dimension. You see? It's a living in and a living as rather than a believing towards something. Yes. That's so beautiful because when you describe the, the bucket in the ocean, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know that brought me back to Rumi. You're not a drop. Yes, exactly. I started to say that earlier when you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not a drop. You are all of the ocean in a drop. So right. It's about kind of just realizing there's bucket. no bucket, there's no ocean, that we're all of it. We're the sky, we're the sand, we're, we're all of it at the same time. And, and it's really tough for our mind to wrap around that because all of this is happening in a mental frame, an illusory mental framework. And I, I walk people through the origins of where we started with existence. I walk people through the mechanism of creation and how we're exploring through our awareness and our intention and how our exploration of our potential began in much more of sort of a pure, fantastic, wondrous, awesome way. Yeah. And one part of us splintered off, one part of our awareness splintered off when we began exploring through mental constructs. Okay. Through not so much about what we're, the experience of what we're creating, but the way that we're framing the aboutness of our experience. And it all took a, a critical change when we happened onto the mental concept of fear. Mm. And that fear, for the first time, I talk about our exploration early on being like, it's just a bunch of puppies. You know, there's this new life. Oh, there's a puppy, and it's a puppy, and it's a puppy, and it's just different kinds of puppies. This yeah. is how we're experiencing our potential. It's all good. Yeah. And we're in love with every bit of it. And we realize we are the oneness of life, where life is happening with us and through us and as us. Yeah. And we're creating all of this. We're just in love with it. But yeah. when we happen onto the concept of fear, for the first time, instead of a puppy, now we have a snarling pit bull. And we've never encountered anything like this. And what happens when fear, when we encounter fear is that we contract inward, right? It makes our awareness focus dramatically inward. And then our intention becomes to protect. So if we're inward in fear with an intention to protect, we begin to lose our awareness of ourselves as oneness. Because now it doesn't feel like life is happening with us and through us and as us. It feels like life is happening to us in a threatening way. And so we begin then to create, because our, we're focused, our awareness and intention is focused in fear. We create in fear and we begin assigning value and meaning to absolutely everything because we need the good things to come to us because they make us feel safe. And we need the bad things to go away because they threaten us. The, the whole philosophy of Buddhism is based on the basis of suffering is attachments and aversions. This is exactly what I saw, and I actually experienced this through the mind of Buddha. And so we begin to construct a reality in a fear-based existence, in a good Trump's bad paradigm that believes itself as separate from the oneness of life. And so now we're coming to realize this reality that we're in is what we created in the illusion of the mental constructs. Because, and we know that this is illusory because we believe that there's such a thing as conditions. Life is conditional when our nature is unconditional. We believe that there's inequality in people's and things' values, right? When in our nature, everything is equal. We believe that there's such a thing as oppression and suppression when our nature is freedom to express who we are. We believe that we're separate when our nature is unity. We believe that we should resist when our nature is acceptance. You see, it's all an illusion. Yes. And when we come to break down that illusion, we realize we already are divine nature. We already are that godness that we're seeking to explore. Exactly. So true. So, true. so this is where we're coming into is that realization, the integration of that understanding more and more and more and more. And the reason why we're doing it in an integrating way and not just a poof and we're there. Right is the same reason why we wouldn't want to, in this life, go from 9 to 90. 
the age nine to age 90. Look at all the experiences and the life and the love and all of that in those years of understanding and exploration. It's the same idea. We don't want to just poof and we're there. There's so much wonder in this exploration. And so let us relish that. Let us totally embrace that and love that as we're coming into our being. It allows us to fall in love with all of us again. This is the process that we're in the, we're in the courting stage of falling in love with ourselves again. Yes. The, the, um, the way to wake, the, as we wake awaking, it's just a beautiful, wonderful feeling. And, and yet, like you said, it's, we're each God experiencing all that, you know, all that is, and I won't even use God. I'll try to stop. No, using you're right. Uh, I, I mean, it's just a word. It's yes, what we, yes. right? it's, you can say God or good, right? Yes. It's the same it's, thing. Yes, yes. As, and God wants to experience all of it. That's the primary impulse of life. What creates, yes. you know, when we begin in a primordial state of nothing, all of yes. us begin in a primordial state of nothing. It's only pure potential. It's yes. not the living of life. It's the potential for life. That yes. God state, that pure God state is infinite potential. And what creates the movement of life that begins that cycle of manifestation of reality and existence, what begins that movement yes. is the volition of God, is the volition of the, the intention mm -hmm. of God seeking to experience its infinite potential. And we're that potential exactly. seeking to experience our infinite Godness. That's yes. how it works. Exactly. It's so That's simple. Cool. It's just <laughs> so I, I, and I love how you explained it. And, um, and to me, like I said, when I woke up, it was something inside of me that woke up to the oneness of all things that all there is is God and we're all a part of God and there's no separation. That to me, it's so simple. Like, mm -hmm. no, why can't everybody get there? I know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, yeah. I really celebrate when people come into that, like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, I had a moment, you know, it's yes. like, yeah, it's big, isn't it? It yes. feels fantastic. It feels yes. such a relief, you know, yes. such a relief. Yeah. And you really can't, I know for me, I couldn't continue as, you know, I didn't just wake up and like everything was rosy dozy, you know, <laughs> everything, right. life still happened, but I couldn't live life the same. Yeah. I, I with that knowing, with that. That's knowing, right. Because it's a knowing that I'm not separate from life. I, I, and I am the owner of my own experience. I, it is happening through me, not to me. Mm -hmm. That's you right. Know? And you know, when you have that, when you say you couldn't continue on like that, it, what, that awakening is a little like a light that then shines on all the experiences. And so you see it in a way that you haven't seen it before. You exactly. see it in a luminous way that it wasn't illuminated before you had this particular light shining on it. And so it's not that it makes everything perfect. It's that it allows us to see the perfection in all of that's going on. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I could see that, that everything I went through in my life brought me to that point and then mm -hmm. it's bringing me to this point you know yeah. so everything that happened happened for my highest good and it's still mm -hmm. happening for my highest good for everybody's highest high good, good. Yeah. what's happening for you is happening in my highest good as well yes. i celebrate that and thank you for it yes now please share with us because now um you're in you the u.s and you're on your tour please share with our first of all share your website so they okay can, yep and what's going on? So my website is unwittingmystic.com. That's also the, the title of my book, um, which, by the way, is now a screenplay and hopefully soon to be bought for a movie. Um, so that's been in the works for a while. We're actually in the screen, the festival pipeline right now with the Austin Film Festival and others. Okay. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. And um, I am getting ready. I just was uh, in Michigan for several months and did a lot of talks around the Michigan community. And I was trying to decide, am I, is it time for me to go back to India, which is where I normally stay? That's where I sort of do my retreating kind of deep work. Um, or is it, is, am I ready now to kind of go back on the road and talk to more audiences? Mm -hmm. And um, 
immediately it popped into my head that uh, a road tour would be a lot of fun. So I'm now in Morro Bay, California. I'm getting ready. I start on Saturday. I have a talk in Mount Shasta um, at the Silk Road Chai Shop. And it just so happens that two years ago, that's where I kicked off my tour in the exact same place, almost the exact same week. Um, So, and then I'll head up to uh, two weeks after that, I'm in um, Washington State and then up in Canada and Vancouver, Unity of Vancouver and um, White Rock and other places around British Columbia. And then uh, I'm still uh, developing some stops along the middle of the country, but then I'm over on the East Coast in all of October. I have some retreats in uh, New Hampshire and uh, Maryland and uh, some talks in Philadelphia, not far from you, and yeah. we may be doing something as yeah, well together. So, okay. um, people can keep up on my website. At right. the, there's a ev- upcoming events tab. Yes. Um, you can see my interviews and the tour stops there. If you'd like for me to come into your community um, through like the middle of November, I'm back on the West Coast in California. I have a few talks in November. So, if there's anywhere in there that people want me to stop by their community, I'm coming down through the Midwest, and so I would love to hear from people. Um, come by and meet new people. I'm meeting a lot of new communities this year. So I'm still very early in talking about this stuff publicly since I only, I self-published and uh, I only come to the States usually during the summer. So uh, this is now finally my time to start getting out more and more and talking more publicly. And it's feeling really good because uh, I can only speak when the world is ready to hear. And now there's that opening is happening. People are um, coming out of their sort of post-traumatic stress disorder from 2017. And they're able to sort of hear more of, okay, now what's happening? What's really going on? And so it's a really beautiful time. And I'm so excited. I really am so truly excited. I'm having a blast. (laughs) Wonderful. And it was um, 2000, it was October, early October, I want to say, October, early October 2016, where you were in the Poconos. Yes, and that was part of that big tour. Um, So this is the way that it happens with me. Um, I've been having these events now for these mystical events for about 18 years. Mm -hmm. No control over it. It just happens. And when I have a really big, massive event, the doors just open for me to start getting that out in public. And so that year, like 30 cities, I had been interviewed on Buddha at the gas pump and then your site and all these, and then suddenly people are just knowing about me. And, uh, and ironically, my whole tour was based on this huge metaphysical event that I had, which talked about the, the, model of our existence in this good trumps bad paradigm of life what what the pain is coming from is that everything on that bad side of the equation is all of our pain crying out for union with love but that's what we reject by trying to love it away we're not trying to heal it we're trying to make it go away and so my whole talk was based on that What's the, what's the problem in the good Trump's bad paradigm? And it was a fantastic tour. I was in, in all in the U.S. and London and France and other places. It just beautiful. Yeah. Three days after I end that tour with my entire focus being about the problem with the good Trump's bad paradigm of life, literally a man named Trump won the U.S. <laughs> election. And then all hell broke loose and all sides are claiming good and all sides are telling the other they're bad. It was like the epitome of the example of everything I had just said. You see, it's a challenge here that we've got this good Trump's bad. And then it was like in our face in a big way. And people are like paralyzed by the shock and they don't know on, on all sides. It's like, we don't, we don't know what's happening now, but all that's happening is our truth is now rising up to the surface. The truth of our pain is now up. And so what we've just been talking about, our next creations depends on what's already been created. So this truth of all the pain that we're experiencing in our life that's up in the surface, for the first time in our humanity, all of the world can see our pain at the same time and hear our cries at the same time. Whatever comes next depends on our reaction to right here. So the key is we have to react to what is going on, what we're seeing differently than we ever have before in our lives. This is the opportunity that we're in. And we're doing that by realizing our reactions come within as we're experiencing other people's issues within ourselves. 
within ourselves reacting from a place of divine love transmuting what's going on. This is the integration process into that unitive consciousness. This is where we're at. It's so freaking exciting. I can't stand it. It's so exciting. Uh, Thank you so much. And I am, I'm looking forward to seeing you in October and yes, Yes. uh, I would love for you to speak at unity here again in in the Poconos. Be my pleasure. I will definitely will work on that. We'll get that fixed up. All right, Caroline, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Always, always, always. I love you so much. You're my sister. You as well, darling. Yes, you're my sister from another mother. (laughs) (laughs) Or from the same mom. I mean, who knows? Yes. (laughs) The big scheme of things. True, (laughs) there's only one. Same parent. Yes, same parent. There's only one. So, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, so much love to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in October all the same. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for the opportunity for this blessed engagement. Of course. Much love to you. Much love. Namaste. Namaste. Yes.